Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. On this week's episode, it's bad times for the box office. The androids are leaving Westworld and movies were looking to dust off our shelves. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. It's Cheryl Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break podcast, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own killer android from Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. His awesome podcast, Topicocalypse. And of course, his book, which everybody, again, out there, you should be getting because you have plenty of time on your hands. And that is Congratulations, You Suck. And it's available today wherever you get your books. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Hope you're well, my friend, and I hope everyone out there is too as well. I'm alive and kicking. You know, I got some allergies going on, but other than that, I'm here, man. Praise the Lord. Well, you, exactly. So you told me, though, that every time, because you've got allergies going on, and it is allergy season, man, and that's something at this point in time is very important to stress to people out there because, you know, you're sneezing and you're coughing. And, you know, if you're out there, what did you say happened? I always get stared at by people. Like I got, I got the, uh, got the Coronas, you know, and it's like, I'm, I, I saw a meme yesterday that said I used to cough, I used to cough to hide my farts, but now I fart to hide my coughs. Something story, like that. Yeah. Where's the, you know, did you, where is your computer, man? Is that still on hiatus? Yeah, no, look, it's, it's, it's bag. It's booting. See the little load bars going. So it's, it said it's had about 30 minutes remaining for the past three hours. So I don't know. Hopefully it starts working here. Hopefully one day it will. I could go into a Windows iMac commercial right now, but I won't. I won't. I'll, I'll deviate from that because you know what? I know a lot of people are talking about all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. So computer problems aside, we're just glad to have you here. But it is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of subjects out there. Yes, we are going to touch briefly on the coronavirus and its impact now on pop culture because there's a lot of stuff to talk about there real quickly. But we're also going to be talking and deviating from that about things you can do during this time where people are self-isolating, where people are talking about staying in their homes and finding things to do. We're going to talk about the residual effects of that. And some of the things that we can offer as ideas out there that you may be interested in, we'll talk about that coming up, including five movies 
that we are dusting, dusting that, you know, blowing that dust off right now, off the shelves and mentioning something, you know, these are movies that, that are really near and dear to us, but for whatever reason, we've just put them in the shelf and had not any chance to see them for a long, long time. But now that we may have the opportunity, we're going to talk about those movies. We're going to talk about the success of MLB's The Show as MLB The Show 20 comes out to digital and things of that nature. And we're going to talk about the success of that game real quickly. Westworld, speaking of killer androids, Westworld hits season three as we're talking right now on HBO. It's going to be this week replayed on HBO and a lot of people are going to be catching up on that this week. So it is season three of Westworld. We're going to talk about the season so far. Has the series been a success? Where does the series need to go from here to really grab in viewers? We're not expecting Game of Thrones numbers, mind you, but what does the series need to do to keep garnering more and more viewers long-term? Plus also, how are video games important in our society right now, especially because we're being quarantined, we're being self-isolated, we're staying indoors a lot. The impact of video games on our society at this point in time, especially now, we're going to be talking about that as well. But first, my friend, it is the box office, and it's ironic, my friend, because the numbers, they're bad, uh, especially here domestically and, you know, including worldwide. I mean, this was so many theaters being closed down. The numbers are pretty putrid out there. They've been talking about how this weekend at the box office, which was led by Onward, was so bad, so bad this weekend, especially domestically. It's the worst domestic weekend in movies since uh, you know 20 25 years ago in fact 1995 gets mentioned and the movie outbreak which i worked on which is ironic my friend that outbreak was the last time a box office top 10 was so bad and a weekend was so bad overall domestically at the box office where's the irony in outbreak being the last time this happened i don't know there's a lot of i know right now outbreaks like the number one movie to watch on amazon prime or contagion is contagion is outbreak is a little bit behind it i worked on it and i can tell you right now it's not a movie you really want to see it's not, it's not good it's it's cheesiness it's cheesy. yeah yeah um, I, I feel like we're, we're finding a lot of coincidences in this coronavirus outbreak but yeah i don't know man like i wasn't expecting people to go to the movie theaters they're they're too busy stocking up on water and food and then with the announcements that you know the bars are closing and restaurants and things like that so i imagine they're all out buying booze and trying to make sure they're they they can live comfortably for the next couple weeks well when theaters theaters also had to consider closing down parts of their you know the theaters that are inside that you know as far as when you go into the theater you get your ticket you go into the actual theater that you're located at where your movie's playing they also had to condense those seats as well correct it wouldn't be full capacity yeah yeah so the right re- yeah restaurants are having having capacity there's a so I, i've been keeping up to date with some of like the restaurants and breweries and stuff in this area and they're saying uh you know there's one brewery who's like they're not opening their their doors to let people go in but if you want to drive up and buy like a six pack of their beer you can drive up pay for it they're not taking cash they're only going to do car they don't want to touch money big popular barbecue place down in seal beach tonight was their last night open there's some people are complying some people aren't uh basically what newsom said was he advi- he 
is calling for the closure. And then he was basically making a threat to anyone who didn't close. He's basically making a threat to try to get the federal government involved and stuff like that. So a lot of people are just closing because they don't want to deal with it. Other people are kind of just, you know, giving their finger to them and staying open, but they're staying open in a smaller capacity. So everyone's taking it differently. Everyone is taking it differently, not only as a country, not only as a state, not only as a cities uh, that you know, are close by you, state, whatnot, but also as a country as well. They're, each state is handling it differently, but it is getting a lot more serious than it was this time last week when we were talking. And I think it's going to get even more serious before it gets better for us here as a society. I mean, we hear of the countries that are on full lockdown at this point in time, all over Europe, Asia, and whatnot. So it has become a big concern, the coronavirus. Needless to say, it's all out there. We know everybody's keeping up to date on what's going on. When they're watching their local news or or what have you, they're getting the reports in there. And there's going to be a lot of people that are adversely affected by it. But we just wanted to say here at Pop Culture Cosmos, as long as we can, we're going to continue with shows. We're going to continue with great pop culture topics. We're going to continue to try to talk great things about pop culture to keep you entertained for at least you know, two hours of your week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, if you get a chance as well, we're staying on the air with the Lakers Fast Break at least once per week as well. My friend, though, during this time, people's attitudes towards indoors obviously has to go ahead and become a priority about doing things more together as families or doing things by yourself, self-isolating, and whether or not you have or have not the, the coronavirus, you're doing a lot of things at the home. One of those things that people are doing a lot more are video games. In fact, Steam has reported their first 20 million concurrent user day in history, which is just you know mind-boggling for them. And we've talked about before all the other things that people do during video games during these times of needs. But I didn't think Ring Fit Adventure would be one of them. It was just something that you know it came out, had its had its time in the sun. You know, there were some people that were very interested on it, got decent reviews, very good indoor activity, but it kind of moved on. People kind of moved on from it and whatnot. But sure enough, something like this pandemic hits and you know what? Dust off that Ring Fit Adventure or go find it wherever you can, because Nintendo is reporting sale outages all over the place on Ring Fit Adventure. It is very hard to come by and there are rumors of it being price gouged. So I want to hear from you, my friend. You know, as a culture and, and anybody that's even from old to young, how important can video games be to us at this point in time? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, th there's a lot of people who are this is something, you know, you see all the memes going around, right, where there's gamers sitting, sitting in front of their computers going, uh, you know, lockdown. I was born for this, things like that. But, yeah, no, this is, this is a very important time because a lot of people are going to be home. They're going to need something to do. They're going to be playing video games. We'll see a lot of people you know, playing Fortnite or Sea of Thieves or whatever your jam is. But, you know, I would also hope there's a lot of fear going around that, like Final Fantasy won't be released, Cyberpunk won't come out, uh, yada, yada, all these other games. But, you know, this is the time right now to release things like that because people are at home and playing and it would be kind of a good gesture. And also it'd be smart because you have a lot of people who would buy this. You know, they're sitting, they have the time to play it. They're not working. They What, what else are they going to do with their time except play this game? So right now would be a really great time to release a game and it would be bad to kind of delay it. I'm curious, like what the rise in people playing uh, Microsoft and Sony, you know, playing Xbox and PlayStation, Nintendo, 
I'm curious to see like if there's a boost in digital sales or you know what they're what those numbers are going to look like by the end of next week just to are there are people playing video games are they watching movies like it, it really it's a it's going to be interesting to see what happens oh i can tell you without a doubt man that if steam is going up that high with so many concurrent users if ring fit adventure is to the point where you cannot find it anywhere on store shelves if pokemon go has completely centered around the fact now that you don't have to leave the house and still you can go ahead and and score and play and, and play the game effectively it tells me that anything relating to video games right now is doing hot and doing well and you're right i mean we even see in as far as the video world we saw in streaming markets i mean disney plus they were smart enough to go ahead and release Frozen 2 to Disney Plus three months early. Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, that just got released early to digital formats. I mean, for Disney, obviously, this is going to be still a drop in the water from what they're losing now with all the money that they're you know, going to be losing here in the not-too-distant future. But still, these are efforts by these companies to say, hey, you know what? We're going to try and take you know advantage of whatever marketplace we have. And since everybody's home, Let's try to drive a lot more to the digital formats for both gaming, streaming, and anything else we can get our hands on to go ahead and try and push it out into the marketplace and get it out there because people are home right now. They want to do something, and entertainment is still the driving force in their lives, You know, some form of pop culture. They're going to be doing it, and they're going to be doing it really in a, a great amount, at least for the next 30 to 60 days. I'm curious to see, like, will there be sales? What are people going to be playing? I feel like this is kind of a, a good time to catch up on, you know, your back catalog of games and all the stuff you you wish you could, you had time to play but didn't. You know, you're, you're talking about Ring Fit Adventure, right? Like, this is, would be a perfect time to buy active games. You know, uh, this if the Connect, yeah, like if the Connect were still around, like that might be. It probably do well these these over these couple of weeks though you know like you're look you're, at me look at me look at yeah, me you're, you're connect adventures like even look they have that game where you can walk around Disneyland right I'm dancing like Han Solo and connect yeah, Star Wars yeah, yeah I mean they have that game where you can walk around Disneyland like all this motion gaming like it would be worth owning just for the fact that you get to move and kind of feel like you're outside but not be outside I don't know you know somebody's gonna stream that you know somebody's going to stream that. Oh, the, the Disneyland game? Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they do. I mean, just to kind of make a joke of it, I guess. Because Disney World and Disneyland both shut down this past weekend. So, yes, def that's definitely going to be something uh, it's, it's, you know, just right out of the box that someone's going to put on Twitch and it's going to get a lot of followers and viewers. I can, I can guarantee you already on that. Maybe we should be one of us. Retro City Games, where are you? But anyways, I want to ask you this. Call of Duty Warzone is one of these games that's hot, that's newer. It is the free-to-play Battle Royale Fortnite wannabe game that's gotten a lot of attention, very good ratings, and a lot of people are interested. In fact, in its first few days, it garnered over 15 million players. So when I ask you, is Call of Duty Warzone going to be something that's going to fill that sweet spot for a lot of people itching for something new in the... Fortnite, Apex Legends, Battle Royale genre? I don't know, man. Like, I I feel like the people who like Call of Duty, they like the the tightness, you know, the, the intimacy of the community, right? They like smaller games. So I don't know how quickly everyone's going to be rushing out to play this Battle Royale. It's, it's a fun idea and it sounds cool, but, like, I don't think that 
it's going to be what if it you know you're, you're they're taking a big risk because what if the people who like call of duty all sign on to play this game and they play a few rounds go, oh, it's not for me and they go back to the old ones so it's I, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm glad that it's they're offering it for free because that seems like a, a much better idea than, you know, charging $60 for it. But, you know, there's so many games like this out and Call of Duty is kind of last to the race. So I'm curious to see how it does. But I honestly don't see it knocking any numbers off like Fortnite or Apex Legends just because people still really love those games. Well, games as a whole right now are really something that a lot of people are connecting with at this point sure board gaming streaming there's a lot of things people are reading books like congratulations you suck a lot of those things are being utilized once again in our society and it's strange that it takes a pandemic to go ahead and in a lot of ways appreciate some of the stuff that we have that we take for granted in our lives i know this time was it last year whatnot we were talking about how video games were being vilified were, were just being destroyed by members of the government and other members of PTAs and things of that nature for the way they supposedly influenced our society in adverse ways. And now all of a sudden it's come around full circle. And unfortunately, due to this terrible pandemic that we're currently going through, look at where video games are at. A lot of people talked about going to classic, you know, pulling out their old Nintendos, pulling out their old PlayStations, pulling out their old Xboxes and playing games from the past and appreciating them once again so i it tells me to believe that video games can become an important part of getting through this terrible saga of human history that we're going through right now and it's up to you out there to find things that you like i know people are searching i know people are get, trying new things i know people are looking back to the past to things that they enjoyed and video games from the numbers that we're talking about right now certainly seem to be among them what are your thoughts out there on video games becoming a important part of people getting through this dark time of ours? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Where comedy and commentary collide. Thunder Talk brings a unique variety show style twist to the fandom podcast genre. We drop music from some of today's hottest up and coming artists. We discuss topics, social and political relevance, and deliver our sideways take on the world at large. If stand up comedy, NPR, the Millennium Falcon, and classic MTV had a baby, it would be Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is part of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and on all podcasting platforms. Well, speaking of video games, my friend, a video game came out this week that has gone under the radar pretty much every year that comes out. But it sells decently, always gets good ratings, and it's something that is, I guess, it's not something that PlayStation really pushes hard. But it's something that I think that maybe they should look towards to as far as the future, especially with the PlayStation 5 still coming around the corner, that they may look to pushing more as the years and years go by. And that is the MLB The Show series. This is something that I wanted to ask you real quick. I know you're not a big baseball fan per se, but I know you've had a chance to play as sports games every now and then. And MLB The Show is something that it continually goes under the radar. PlayStation itself doesn't even promote it very well. But you know what? It's there, it does well, and it comes back around every year with something new that it adds to the plate. You get it? You know, like home plate. No, no, that's good. That's good. That's funny. So I have friends who own PlayStations just for that game. You know, they're they're sports fans. They love baseball. 
that could that's usually for some people that's the only game they play all year and it you know it it is a very popular franchise playstation might not promote it at all but that doesn't mean people aren't watching it so or playing it so yeah i mean it kind of reminds me of fifa you know it it gets put out there it buys a lot but do you think that if it were something that could be played on other consoles that it would kind of do better i think so but the fact is it is one of the few licensed baseball games that have been continually released i think i think they're the only ones that have the full license i know other uh you know smaller or arcadey type games have been you know brought out i know ea used to have the triple play series and whatnot but i think the mlb has gone exclusively with the show for quite some time so i think that's part of the reason why it's just stayed in its little corner with the playstation owners and but the playstation itself uh, sony itself when they're promoting their system when they're promoting their games rarely talks about the show and that's something you because you see the advertisements for the last of us you see the advertisements for uncharted god of war even death stranding think of death stranding and how much pub it got when it when it came out last year and that's a playstation exclusive so the reason i'm saying is what could mlb the show do to advance the playstation even more you talked about how you have friends that actually have the PlayStation specifically for the MLB The Show. They are the exception to the rule, in my opinion, because the numbers of sales are steady, but they're never outstanding. And part of the reason is, like you said, it's not on every console. But also the reason I think is that the PlayStation itself is not something that has been a great platform to promoting it on a general or commercial basis to a wide extent. And MLB itself hasn't promoted it well, I think, as you know, at, at the same time. So I'm give them a double blame with Sony and MLB not really giving it a big push, I think, compared to what the NBA does with NBA 2K. Because if you compare apples to apples, I think NBA and 2K do a much better job than MLB does with the MLB and the show. Right. Well, I mean, this is this is the only baseball game out there, right? The only franchise that's still operating. And also, you have to take into account Sony has not been doing a good job of promoting anything lately. You know, we we don't know. They've just kind of, outside that trailer for Ghost of Tsushima, they've been gone off the face of the planet. Like, no one, they're not making any announcements. They got this PlayStation 5 coming out. Like, they're not doing a great job of marketing anything right now. So, it's, it is not surprising that they're not marketing MLB the show that well. But also, like, it's... I, f- I feel like they maybe they're under the impression they don't need to because you can't play it on any other console. So they're assuming that you like baseball games and you want to play them, you're going to have a PlayStation 4. So maybe they're making some assumptions in their marketing, but I also feel like they're not marketing this nor anything, really. And it's funny because there is an interest in MLB. In fact, if you go to our Game Source YouTube page, you'll actually see and you look up what is the most watched video. It's MLB The Show from CES 2013. So it's kind of funny that MLB leads the way on that. But it doesn't lead, it doesn't connect the dots, so to speak, as far as popularity. Because like I said, MLB The Show, it has its niche. It has its sales, but it's not to the level of, you see, and even NFL Madden. Let's go for uh, NFL and Madden. You know, NFL Madden, they, there's a big push each and every year. We talk, you know, you and I go back and forth every year on Madden and is it losing its popularity or anything like that. But even to the extent that it does, if it is losing its popularity, 
it's nowhere near what MLB The Show does as far as numbers. I mean, far and away, Madden destroys everything that the MLB The Show does. And that, to me, is disappointing because you look at how the popularity of Major League Baseball is. It's kind of funky. It's not exactly endearing itself to a younger audience or millennials or Generation X or whatever. But still, two to three million fans each year go to these stadiums to watch these games for each and every team. So it tells you there is a marketplace for it. It's just, it's kind of weird how that works out when it comes to MLB The Show and, and why they're not exactly getting more pub because of it. Yeah, I'm also curious, like, how long that Sony's going to own rights to MLB games. Because I know for the first time in, in years, 2K is publishing a an NFL game because that contract with, with the NFL is over. But it's yeah. not a full simulation. It's not a full Madden-like game. That's no, no, that's, that's, that's true. But, like, this is the first time, you know, we, we've had – we're going to be having a new NFL game outside of, you know, NFL Fever, I think, was the last one that wasn't exclusive to Madden. But they owned exclusive rights for all these years, but now it's breaking. So I'm curious, like, what's going to happen, you know, if the – when MLB's thing is over, will they look at the numbers and say, hey, we want to go on all, all consoles – and what will Sony do in exchange to keep that property? That's true because the numbers for the Switch up until at this point in time were very good for the Switch. I mean, they were mirroring in many ways the same amount of sales as what the PlayStation 4 did at that time in its life cycle as well. So it looks like that if you're going to go ahead and maximize sales for MLB's show, the first place I'd hit, even if you don't want to put it on Xbox, is I'd still talk to Nintendo about putting it on a Nintendo Switch. But again, it leads into exclusivity issues. Sony gets a little bit proprietary about that. You know, they get a little bit of testy about that. You know, when it comes to what we've talked about before between the cooperation between Nintendo and Xbox, they have been more cooperative with each other. You see Ori games. The Ori games have already started going on to the Switch and you see that type of cooperation there. I personally, like you said, until the MLB license goes to a different publisher, it will probably stay exclusive to the PlayStation. And that's kind of a shame because of the fact that MLB, the show, is a solid game. will always remember to be a solid series. But unfortunately, like MLB, the show 20, it may go under the radar again for this season. And that's going to be a shame because... People need to know, especially if they love the game of baseball, that MLB The Show is a good game. They just It needs to be more widely available, even on PC. Put it on PC and make it available to the PC players out there. You're right. Sony is way too prideful about that kind of thing. I, I, I Honestly, like I feel like it would sell a great deal on the Switch because they're kind of lacking in sports games. Xbox, yeah, there's a lot of sporting fans who play Xbox games. It's just... I think Sony's just gotten too cocky with that property. They just assume it's going to sell just because it does so many numbers. But look at, uh, you know, look at Sony's history with Gran Turismo, right? They assume, oh, we own this racing simulator. People are going to play this game. doesn't matter. We can do no wrong. And then lo and behold, uh, what, Gran, Gran Turismo 6 and or 5 and 6 came out, and those were both pretty uh, critically slammed. So I guess, you know, may, maybe it will take something like that to happen before they realize I mean, we should put a little more care into this. And yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how they how to make that property more appealing, but they really need to do something. And it also harkens on their latest 
middling success, I'd probably say, of Gran Turismo Sport, which is their latest offering that came out in 2017, which they're still trying to fine-tune even to this day, but it didn't get the greatest uh, you know, reviews. Got okay reviews, about seven, seven and a half. So I think right now the, the actual Metacritic score of it is 75, so that's okay, but it is one of the upper echelon top tier racing games at this point in time that people think of anymore and that's something that gran turismo had for many years especially in the early 2000s when the gran turismo would come out on the playstation and even the playstation 2 and people would just go nuts over it it just to me it's just kind of disappointing that mlb the show which is continually a good property a good outing each and every year. And we always talk about how we don't like to see yearly editions come out because usually it's bad, i.e. like, for instance, WWE 2K, which was absolutely horrid and it was a mistake. And we talk about Madden, how Madden is like up and down. Sometimes it's really good when they have yearly editions. Sometimes it's not so good. Consistently, MLB's The Show is good each and every year out. They make enough fine-tuning and modifications to still get those high scores. But it's a shame that this game doesn't get more recognition amongst baseball fans that it should because it is a proprietary game to the PlayStation. And even PlayStation and Sony don't give it enough love to go ahead and give it love enough to make it a big-time successful game. What are your thoughts out there on MLB's The Show? Not only MLB The Show 20, but the series as a whole. Have you played it and enjoyed it? Are you getting this year's edition? And what are you looking for from a Major League Baseball game? And one last thing, if you get a chance, if you're on an Xbox or a Switch, you let us know if you'd like to see a version of MLB The Show come to your platform anytime soon. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon from Rob McCallum Films, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. Well, we're halfway down, my friend, on this week's Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to go ahead and tell everybody out there, if you get a chance, check out our site on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos, where you'll see the latest info and news and trends in pop culture each and every day right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, where you also see a listing of our entire radio station syndication list right there by the day, Sunday through Saturday, right there for you on Pop Culture Cosmos on facebook but my friend you've got a great thing going on with topicocalypse and also congratulations you suck can you let us know what's going on on either the latest episodes or why they should get your book congratulations you suck yeah well you'll be at home for a while so i suggest maybe some light reading congratulations you suck would be good also i'm gonna be home for a while so there'll be a lot of uh topicocalypse episodes being pushed out because i got a lot of content i'm trying to catch up on so both uh, very exciting things. So if you're in the market for some good reading, uh, check out my book available now at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Powell's Books, in both physical and ebook format. And if you're looking for some good listening outside of Pop Culture Cosmos, check out Topicocalypse. 
And definitely you want to check out Topic Topicocalypse wherever you can get your podcast and you can get his book, Congratulations, You Suck, available now on Amazon.com and also BarnesandNoble.com as well. My friend, Westworld, you're an android, killer android. You're out. You've, you've left the park, man. You've left the park. You no longer want to be someone's little android anymore running around the park. You've left it. You're, you're talking about a revolution. You want to go ahead and pay back the humans. What are your thoughts on Westworld as it hits season three? I mean, it just came out this weekend. A lot of people have been looking forward to it. The reviews have been all over the place when it comes to all three seasons. I mean, we've had our time in sharing and patience on it. So I want to hear your thoughts as Westworld hits season three. Uh, I'm actually kind of eager to watch it. I've been, you know, seeing trailers for it. I'm intrigued. Josh, while your dogs are barking, I want you to go ahead and you know, do some deep thinking as any killer android would do. Want to go ahead and talk a little bit more about Westworld as it hits season three. They are leaving the park. I mean, the, the, that is, I think, the next step for the Westworld. Did it come too soon? Some people are saying yes. Some people are saying no. But I think it's so far a step in the right direction. The series, though, for this season is not getting the greatest in reviews, at least to start off with. So that's kind of a concern for me as I head down this week and I give it a chance and I give it a whirl back again. I know my season one, I thought was when I watched it, was all over the place. It was very good and also not so good, especially that ending with Anthony Hopkins getting killed and the entire area getting killed. And I just didn't think it really made that much of sense. And then season two, they were kind of drifting away as far as a revolution is concerned and all that. Your thoughts again, Josh, on Westworld as it hits season three. Is this something you're really interested in seeing going forward? Yeah, so I mean, I, I am eager to watch it. I'm excited about it. The season one, I did really enjoy. Like, it it really pulled me into the series. That The Anthony Hopkins death, it did make sense. You know, it made sense to me. I mean, maybe it wasn't the best way to go about it. But, like, you know, it's that whole argument. Like, what is consciousness? And a lot of people think that in order to experience true consciousness, like, you have to experience great tragedy. So that was the whole point of her shooting him is so that she could truly be human and experience human emotions. Uh, it was season two that kind of took a turn that I didn't enjoy. A lot of things in season two made no sense. Really nothing in season two made sense. It was just kind of them rehashing things. There are some parts that were cool, but a lot of it I just I did not enjoy. Uh, but season three, seeing this trailer, I am kind of amped to watch it, and I, I hope that it it answers a lot of questions that are left open in season three, but I still hope that, you know, it is called Westworld. So is there going to be like a Western element to it? It almost feels like it has shifted genres. It does feel like it's shifted genres and it feels like a little bit more sci-fi ish than ever before, especially as it heads out into the city with more of a futuristic feel because it's based in the future and all that. I think it, it does seem to be a little bit more interesting. So I am intrigued a little bit more than I was in the past season two, like I said, really just didn't do it for me. I think the end of season one tailed off for my interest and then went into season two. I think it was just a momentum thing for me, but I am going to go ahead, you know, and give it another shot when it comes to season three. But let me ask you this, where in your mind does Westworld have to go to as far as what, what prospects do you think they need to cover in order to keep you entranced as a viewer and as someone that's interested as part of a member of the audience to so that you can just not only finish season three, but 
be interested in possibly a season four, which I'm pretty sure would go ahead and be greenlighted by HBO. Well, I mean, it would have to have the elements that make it Westworld, right? It would have to have the Western elements and it would have to have, you know, the whole what makes the show so good, right? The the philosophy and like the theology of life, who is God? What can anybody be a God? Like those whole questions, you know, that that's what makes the show so intriguing. But if they're going to turn it into another Terminator or it's going to be another like a trying to make it into a Blade Runner, I don't know how interested I am in that just because I liked the show for what it started out as. Now, if it started out in the genre that it is now, then maybe I, I would have been more eager to see such a big change. So right now I'm excited to watch it, but I'm, at the same time, I I have very, very high expectations going into it. And if they don't meet those, I probably will give up on Westworld. And that's a real shame to me. That would be a, a real shame. And it has to have that kind of expectations because now that Game of Thrones is gone, it is the number one show, is it not? I mean, when you think of HBO now, you have to think of Westworld as the lead-in show, as the show that's going to get you hooked on the overall HBO project. Is that not correct? Right, and especially since all these other shows that, that are in production currently, the ones for HBO, Disney+, Plus, whatever it is, they are halted right now. So there's no guarantee that anything's going to get filmed anytime soon. So it's this show has to succeed. You know, it has to do well because there's not really going to be anything coming out until this whole virus thing is blown over. So it's kind of a do or die moment for, for this franchise. It is almost kind of like a do or die time for this franchise because, again, you have a lot of people now that since the end of Game of Thrones are looking for something to really get into. And if Westworld doesn't do it for them, I mean, I could tell you all day long that McMillions should do it for you. But then again, that was just six episodes, truly outstanding docuseries. But after that, you're supposed to get into something good with HBO. And yes, True Detective has been a pretty good series too. And there are other series that are, are going to be great. But if you get HBO Max, you get that anyways. And there's Disney Plus, Netflix, and there's so many other different options that are out there you're going to need to make some cuts at some point in time, even when you're watching more things now, like people are right now when they're self-isolating and at more at home and all that. But people right now are going to have to make financial choices. And if, you know, Westworld doesn't do it for them, HBO is going to be cut from a lot of viewerships that are out there by a substantial margin in the not too distant future. I see that happening personally. I think Westworld is kind of a love it or leave it type series. And by the end of season three, if, if not as many people are loving it, a lot of people are going to be leaving HBO very soon. Right. Because, you know, this is we, we talk about this a lot, right? The fact that of all the streaming services, HBO is kind of the most expendable, right? It's the, the one that people are going to spend the least amount of time in. So that's why it's vital that you have something that's good. You give people good faith and maybe they'll think about you know sticking around for whatever comes next. So what are everyone's thoughts out there on HBO and Westworld? As a hit season three just came out, a lot of people are interested in it. Well, you know what they say in video games. Is it the killer app that brings people back to HBO time and time again? Has it become that, that must-see show that you're going to go ahead and you know not miss or catch on the L3 or L7, the delayed viewing as I'm talking about? 
Is it that must-see show that keeps you in tune with HBO and gets you to continue your HBO membership? We'd love to hear your thoughts on it because the, the reviews on it and the views of Westworld are all over the place. It's not the same kind of love that there was for Game of Thrones. So I want to hear your thoughts. Is Westworld in its season three? Is it progressing the way you want to as the androids are starting to leave the park and starting to get revenge on their humans that are out there? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Well, my friend, it's been a great time so far. Only got a few, you know, about 20 minutes left, so I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. But, you know, when we talk about self-isolation, when we talk about staying at home and doing a lot of things that we forgot about, or we just haven't had time for in our busy lives. One of the things that we're talking about for this show is some movies that we haven't checked out in a long, long time that we love, that we appreciate, that we've probably even talked about on the show on occasion, but yet we've not gotten to see it in quite some time. So I asked you to take a look at movies you have not seen in eh, over 10 years, let's say, the last decade. You haven't seen them in quite some time. So I want to hear your list. I, you know, you can be five or you can be more. Your list of the movies that you need to <sighs> dust off the shelves. You know, you get it off the bookcase and it's, you know, it's all dusty. So you want to just like take that dust off before you put it in your, your DVD or your Blu-ray player. The movies that you want to see after so long of a time. Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I have a list here. Yeah, so I got I got Aliens. That's one I, I've been meaning to go back to. I really love to. I know it's it's about like two and a half hours. So if whenever I watch it, I have to have time to sit down and watch it in one sitting. Well, that's not as bad as in, in the old days. I mean, back previously, two and a half hours was meant for a really big film. Two and a half hours these days for a lot of films is just like you know yeah, par for the course. Time. Yeah, true. Uh, it's just it's one that like I don't want to. Like today, when I not today, but like you know, now when I watch movies, I usually fall asleep during them, so I have to watch them in like time periods. You know, I gotta watch an hour here, an hour there, uh, whatever time I can carve out to watch them. But you know, with Aliens, this is a movie that I would want to watch all the way through. You know, it's just it's it's a fun movie. It takes reminds me of my childhood. Love, uh, you know, love Bill Paxton and and seeing the <laughs> Aliens reminds you. <laughs> I'm not even sure why. <laughs> well, because I saw it when I was a kid. So, I mean, that's that. Okay. I just thought, you know, that you had been transported to another planet with, you know, 
uh, Bill Paxton. Oh, and, uh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. Aliens coming at you and all that. I'm like, that's no. one bad child. Yeah, one, yeah what, not like Newt in the movie. Something like that. Something like that. Sigourney Weaver fighting alongside with you. And right. Like, all right. I just, just wanted to. You know, yeah, no, no. I mean. Got to get a clarification on that. Yeah, no. I saw it when I was a kid, so that's why it takes me back. Uh, next on my list, I got Saving Private Ryan. That's what I keep meaning to go back to. I was thinking about that the other day. As soon as it goes onto the beach, that's probably the best 15-minute opening I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, I would go as far as to say, like, it is the greatest, one of the greatest war movies, if not the greatest war movie ever made. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm a pretty big fan, you know, and I always, whenever I think about that movie, I always think about the the part where the guy's got the knife over him. They keep thinking, they're not going to let it happen. They're not going to let it happen. They're not going to let it happen. And it's, it's uh, such an intense scene. But, like, that whole movie is just really really good really well done it's well it's, you know it's well researched and it's it's just it's heartbreaking man it is absolutely heartbreaking okay so my number three movie on here i have it's not really old it's more new but it's just something i haven't watched in a while i keep wanting to i know i've talked about spring on this show before where the kid the guy goes out to uh you know italy and hopefully that's not in bad taste right now but uh he goes to italy meets this girl Girl ends up being a monster, and then, you know, it's kind of like a weird, dark love indie film, and it's just, it's such a beautiful movie. So check Wait, it out. Hold on. Does that remind you of your childhood, too? No. No. But if you have Amazon Prime, check it out. It's good. Other one, was it number two on my list? I got The Last of the Mohicans. Uh, I bought that on DVD a couple of weeks ago, and I just haven't had time to watch it. So that's something I've really been wanting to see. I will find you. I will find you. I'm telling you, man. The the second that movie starts, you see Daniel Day Loose running. You hear that soundtrack going. You're like, oh man, this is like, this is like Jurassic Park for me. You know, it's like the moment you hear that John Williams score, you're you're in it. You're gone. You're like, you're just every moment of that movie. You just want to eat it all up. I will find you. I will find you. Oh, so good, man. And like, I, I yeah, yeah, great movie. Uh, last time I was at Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's one I, I try to watch every like five years and I am overdue for it. So I would really like to watch it again. You know, like I this was probably one of the last movies I rented and watched with my parents, you know, and they really enjoyed it. But it was a, it's just a, it's a great film. Very good quality. But what are your five? Tell me about them. Well, that doesn't remind you of your childhood either, right? That you could do all those funky stuff. <laughs> okay, all right. That's a great list. I, there's some. The Last of the Mohicans is something I haven't seen in decades. So yes, I agree with you on that. Also, so Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, one of the greatest martial arts films of all time because it's a martial arts film, but it isn't a martial arts film. It's a it's a great story and narrative driving film and something that we you know the things that they did in that movie had not been seen by a lot of those, uh, you know, like a wide audience had not seen any that type of artistry when it comes to martial arts ever before. And just, it, it's just truly an outstanding benchmark for the film for the way we go ahead and perceive the martial arts genre. So I agree with you on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I might have to put that on my list as well. But for my movies that I'm going to go ahead and dust off the plate, so to speak, I think for me, for honorary mention, I want to go ahead and honorary mention and put that on there is The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke 
And I think that's such an outstanding movie. Even if you don't care for professional wrestling, this movie will make you care about Mickey Rourke's character because this is by far and away, by far and away, his best ever performance. I mean, there's nothing that he's done before, even on those cheesy 80 movies he did or the 90s or anything of that nature before or after. I'm talking to you, Iron Man, too are not any anywhere close to this performance. I mean, he got such recognition for it at the time. It revitalized his career. I mean, you know what? His nice paycheck that he got for Iron Man 2 is directly because of the, his performance in The Wrestler. It's just truly an outstanding, you know, just, he was awesome from beginning to end. If you want to see a really good movie, go check out The Wrestler because it's something that's since... That, that initial hype for it and the fact it got an Academy Award nomination and it was right there amongst the favorites and all that, it kind of got pushed by the wayside. But if you ever want to see a good small scope type film, The Wrestler, I think, is really good. Marissa Tomei is outstanding in it. Just, yeah, cannot say enough good things about The Wrestler. But number five is a really good sci-fi film. In fact, one of my favorite and possibly the best of Steven Spielberg's movies. I know that's going to be up for great debate on which ones are the best, which ones are not. Minority Report. And possibly even one of Tom Cruise's best as well. So it's just something that I think a lot of people should check out if they want to see something that still has a fresh look to it, still has something that can work well in today's society that's not look that dated. I think it's still something that can stick, you know, if you put it if it was released today, would still fare very well. And I think the narrative that it's, it creates, it is an adapted screenplay. It is based off of a book, and it's just something that is very good. In fact, you know, we were talking the other day about what I wanted to go ahead and do in regards to the late Max von Sydow and, uh, you know, our respects to the late Max von Sydow, who was just a just truly excellent character actor who passed away last week at the age of 90. And I know there's a lot of news about coronavirus and that got swept under the rug as well. But I wanted to go ahead and pay respects to Max von Sydow. This is not his best performance or his greatest performance, but it was still very good. And I think the the actual, you know, I think Tom Cruise was good. I think there was just, it was a great cast of characters, but mainly the story was driving it through and the sci-fi element that was there in it. To me, it was just a lot of fun to watch. And I, it's one of my films that I just cannot believe I haven't watched in quite some time. So I am going to be dusting it off and catching real soon. And and before we go ahead with my rest of my list, to pay tribute to Max von Sydow, can you tell me what, you know, if you have any memories, what what is your favorite film that he was in? I know The Exorcist was talked about. I know the Star Wars of Force Awakens, you know, in that first scene he was in. For me, Strange Brew was probably one of my favorite movies. If you ever check out Strange Brew, that's a very fun movie to watch with with Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas and Max von Sydow as the bad guy in it. I know he played a lot of bad guys, but still a, still a great actor nonetheless. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, you know, I got one out of left field. I really enjoyed him in Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. I thought that he, him playing the senile father, like he had... There's all kinds, like he hit all kinds of ranges in that. Like he was senile father. So he was funny. He was serious when he needed to be. And he was just, he brought a, I don't know, a side to that role that really kind of made him a character you cared about. Very surprising choice. Good choice. There you go. That's again, our tribute to Max von Sydow, who passed away last week at the age of 90. If you didn't hear 
one of the best character actors that has ever been in Hollywood. Got a variety of roles. Yes, he played a lot of bad guys, but he did play good guys. He he played important figures, and he was someone who, with his voice, with his distinct accent, he, you always knew he was in the movie, and just really just was a great addition to any movie you put him in. But yes, uh, Strange Brew is, is one of my favorites with him. Moving on to continue our list, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef and Eli Wallach. Just a great movie. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is something, if you want to go back into the older spaghetti westerns, to me this is probably ahead of Fistful of Dollars. I think it's probably the best spaghetti western that's ever been made. And if you want to go ahead and see what older westerns were like, I would probably go ahead and one that you people can still relate to today that that's good enough to be seen and, and appreciated that you're not going to be rolling your eyes over. I would probably say the good, the bad, and the ugly, especially Eli Wallach's performance as Tuco was just something to behold. And I, I think that's a really good movie. And I, that's something I need to check out. I need to dust off and go ahead and check that out. Coming up next at three, at number three is The Road Warrior with Mel Gibson before he went crazy, before he went out there, before he lost his mind and did everything that he did. The Road Warrior and Mad Max to even a bigger extent than that is, is something you should go out of your way and see. I know we talked recently about Mad Max Fury Road being something that is definitely a great movie that you need to see. Well, it all stems from The Road Warrior and Mad Max and if you want to see how that world, the apocalyptic world and how it was built, I would suggest The Road Warrior and Mad Max on top of it, as well as the two movies. Not Thunderdome, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I think you can skip that. You know, if you really have a lot of time on your hands, and there's a good chance you might, you guess you can watch that just to complete the list. But The Road Warrior and Mad Max are two great films you need to go ahead and check out. And number two is Michael Mann's Heat from the 90s with Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer. It was a heavy-duty cast. And when they were back in their primes, this was something that was a special treat. And yes, the acting between the two may be okay at best. It was not their greatest performances. It's the action sequences, the music, the way that the narrative builds. And Michael Mann, just the way he shot it from a camera standpoint... It's just truly beautiful to watch and some really solid performances underneath the Al Pacino, Robert De Niro dynamic really make it for a strong performance overall, especially Bell Kimmer. This is probably one of his best performances ever. A very, very strong movie, especially if you want to go ahead and check out a heist movie of some type. This is probably one of the best that's ever been made and on my list as well for my top films ever. In fact, I'll tell you where to go ahead. You can check out my list here in a sec. But Josh, let me ask you, have you ever had a chance to check out Michael Mann's work, especially Heat? You know, I I saw Heat a long time ago, but I don't remember any of it. Then you're going to have to go ahead and dust it off or get it on the digital download, my friend, because it's something you definitely need to check out one more time. Especially that music, man. That music, if you've got a, a surround sound system while you're watching it, I highly recommend that you do because the music and the soundtrack to that is is just sensational. In fact, when it comes to Michael Mann movies, a lot of the time that's the case because he he incorporates sound. I mean, 
that goes all the way back to the Miami Vice series where he was incorporating the 70s songs and the 80s songs at that point in time into his show to create that type of rhythm and type of beat to his his shows. And he was able to incorporate that type of love for music in he. And yeah, I definitely think it's something people need to check on out. Well, last on my list, my friend, is something that won the Academy Award way back when. I think it was the year 2000. I'm not entirely sure maybe 2001 but gladiator have you checked out gladiator before my friend with russell crowe because you mentioned russell crowe with robin hood i think this is a better performance by him and this is something that yes we first saw joaquin phoenix like stealing the show this was the first time that people thought hey this is not just the late river phoenix's brother joaquin phoenix can really go ahead and knock it out of the park and this was the first time we really got to see it in gladiator yeah, yeah, I love Gladiator. This was the first time that watching this film is the first time I truly, truly hated a villain. You know, like I was emotionally hated a villain. Like that was the first time that it ever happened. So he was outstanding, and that movie is outstanding. Ridley Scott did an amazing job. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's gory. Like it's got so much like heart in it, and it's such an emotional film. I, you know, I'm so glad it won all those awards. I don't want to see a sequel to it. They need to leave it alone. I know they keep talking. There talk. was talk for a while. In fact, I think we did a, a segment on it way back when about Gladiator. Yeah, I, I hope we never hear about it again. But it's just, it's it's a great, great movie. You know, and I, I love to go back and watch those historical epics. You know, every couple of years, I'll watch like Gladiator and I'll do Kingdom of Heaven, or I'll watch, uh, you know, Robin Hood and things like that. So, like, I really enjoy those films. On the Friday show, my friend, because you and I both mentioned Ridley Scott films, we're going to go at it on the Friday show. We're going to talk about the best of Ridley Scott, okay? We're going to talk about the best of Ridley Scott in detail on our Friday episodes. It's a little side segment to what we're talking about, along with the latest news and information and all that. But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the best of Ridley Scott coming up here on the Friday episode. I know Gladiator will probably be a little bit of a repeat, so be prepared to hear a little bit more about Gladiator. But there's still a lot of great stuff on tap that Ridley Scott has done over the course of his career that deserves a lot of attention. And we'll go ahead and touch on the greatness of Ridley Scott on Friday's episode. How does that sound? Sounds good. I'll get my list together. There you go. And I'll get mine together, too, when it comes to Ridley Scott. But again, my movies that I need to dust off that I think people should get a chance out there. Gladiator, Heat, The Road Warrior, and Mad Max. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and Minority Report. With a special honorable mention to The Wrestler. And one last time for your list. So I got Aliens, Saving Private Ryan, Spring, The Last of the Mohicans, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, that's awesome. And if people want to check out the list of my all-time favorites, my top 25, as it were, although I think I probably need to tweak a little bit more at some point in time in the near future, I have a list that you just go ahead and have to just Google or Bing anytime you can, anytime you want to, just go ahead and type in the words, what's your top 25 films? Here's mine. And that's available now at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for hanging out with me for the entire hour on this week's episode. We've got Friday coming up, like we talked about, with Ridley Scott and a whole bunch of more news and information and hopefully a lot more good stuff coming on the way with the PCC Multiverse. Any last thoughts on the way out? 
No, I mean, I think we're good. I'm excited to talk Ridley Scott films. Check out our website. We update that now a lot. So uh, cruise on over there. Check it out. Popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in as always. I do appreciate it. Again, everybody out there, we truly hope you stay safe, stay healthy. And from all of us at the Pop Culture Cosmos, we wish you continued health and happiness. And we all got to come around and work together as a species. Just go ahead for the next weeks and months. We'll get through this. Just keep the faith. Keep yourself busy by listening to great shows like ours. Support independent podcasters. I know everybody has their favorites, but if you get a chance, support independent podcasters like us and so many others that are out there and continued health and happiness to everyone as we go forward through this pandemic. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great You're listening to Nerdlanta. Hey, what's up? This is Master Blazer and Walt Hitman from Atlanta Roller Derby. Hey, what's up? It's Mike, Brian, Eric, Eric. Brandon from Robot Party. Hey, what's up? This is Catherine Barsonistas from the nerdy food blog, thegluttonousgeek.com. Hey, this is Rory, a.k.a. Catlanta. It's Atlanta's only live nerdy podcast available now on the ESO Network. Hey, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. We, we are your Atlanta. Atlanta. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.